Good afternoon, Eastern Washington and fellow Patriots. This is Matt Shea, and welcome to Patriot Radio, broadcasting live from deep inside the heart of the future Liberty State, brought to you once again by On Fire Ministries. In the legacy of Dr. Stan Monteith, bringing you the story behind the story. And the news behind the news, it's not about right or left, it's about right and wrong. Better hope not being a man, but in Jesus Christ, about not ending in prayer, but moving to action. And about the gospel of the kingdom. Zechariah 2.5, but I declares the Lord will be a wall of fire to her on all sides, and I will be the glory in her midst. Wow. As you can see behind me, is that live video footage from the revival in Asbury, which is now spread to, I believe, over a dozen campuses, but it's actually split, spreading around the entire country. Um, Many reports uh, around the country, but even here just in Spokane and in Post Falls and Coeur d'Alene of the power of the Lord just falling on the congregation, people just breaking out in, in repentance, worship lasting for hours, just absolutely incredible what's happening. Well, I, I want to talk about this very clearly and succinctly. This is a, an awakening. Now, a revival is localized, but an awakening can be over a nation or a country. This is an awakening. And this is a move of the Lord in what's called his kairos time. And you can go look that Greek word up. He is moving. There is nothing that's going to stop it. And uh, a few of us, uh, it was a couple pastors and ministry leaders, we were talking earlier today about this issue. And the Lord really impressed on us that there is not something that like we're going to mess up like in past times or something like that. And it's like this revival is so fragile. We just, just got to hold it so fragile. It's not like that this time. And that doesn't mean we aren't good stewards, but God's moving. And we can either be positioned in our heart to receive it, or we can make up all the reasons why this isn't revival. Or we can come against it and start making up uh, fantastical arguments about some sort of new apostolic reformation or something, right? We, we don't want to go down the road of the prophet-beating ministry, Mark 12, verses 1 through 12, where people inside the church, inside God's people, started beating other people inside God's people. We don't want to do that. So, so this is really about whether we receive this move of God or not. And true marks of awakenings is repentance is just supernatural signs that follow these things, miracles, wonders. And I want to talk about the difference between the three because there's a lot out there. I want to make it really simple for everybody. Now, somebody can argue with me this is too much of an oversimplification, but it's really not. You can read about this in Acts chapter 2. says that in the last days, there will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all mankind. And then it says, and on his servants. So there's, a, there's a second specific outpouring on his servants where they will prophesy. Then it says signs. It says wonders in heavens and signs in the earth. And the signs in the earth are blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. Now, I don't know about you, but for years, people tried to tell me, 
or I, I even read it in my own, in my own way and, and saw it the same way. Like, like that was somehow judgment. It's not judgment. It's blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, salvation, fire, the Holy Spirit, sanctification, and the vapor of smoke, his glory, glorification. This is so important because it happened when the Israelites came out of Egypt. First, the blood is applied to the doorpost. They go under the blood. They're under the protection of the blood. The pass over of judgment occurs. Then they walk out of Egypt following the pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. And it led them out. There's a whole bunch more that I could get into about this. But the, the second uh, great example of this is when God comes down on the mountain. You're talking uh, Exodus 17 to 19, really, if you want to read the context as well. God comes down on the mountain and he says to Moses, have the people consecrate themselves. In other words, have them cleanse themselves. It's just what John the Baptist did in preparing the way for Jesus. He made the bride spotless by a baptism in repentance. And this also happened at the mountain with Moses. There was this consecration, not only physically and in, in the ritual bath, but also spiritually, which is the precursor, the blood and then his presence comes down on the mountain in fire and vapor of smoke. And Moses, by the way, later does see the tail end of God's glory. So the beautiful part about this is it, it's, it's prophesied in Joel chapter 2. And then that prophecy is referred to in Acts chapter 2. And these are signs. So let me tell you the difference. A miracle is a testimony of God's purpose to an individual. Again, oversim- hugely oversimplified because some of these can kind of go together. A sign is a testimony of God's purpose to the church or to the believers. And a wonder is a testimony to everybody, to the whole world. And usually when you see wonder, it'll be a wonder in the heavens. And it will be something that shakes the earth. So, just as a brief, quick description, just to kind of help you visualize this, these in Acts 2, the blood, fire, and vapor of smoke, that is a sign to the church. It's a testimony to the church of God's purposes. And so, what we're seeing accompanying these moves of God all over are testimonies to God's purpose. We're seeing people delivered of demonic oppression. We're seeing healings, pretty dramatic healings. We saw one on Sunday here, very dramatic. Uh, And somebody had been afflicted for 15 plus years, threw his brace up on the platform and his medication and jumps off the platform. His pain medication, he threw up on the platform, he jumps off. (laughs) And it wasn't some you know, build up to it or anything. It's just happening. Last night here at On Fire, uh, we had a whole bunch of ministries coming together 
and, and giving God the credit and not worrying about whether their ministry was promoted or not. It didn't matter. It was all about Jesus. And we saw tremendous repentance last night. People, people on their faces before the Lord repenting. Young people. And what we saw last week in, our high, in the high school, um, we, we saw young people. These are high school age. Now, you know, obviously the homeschool is what I'm talking about, but high school age, tearing up their Pokemon cards. They were getting rid of their video games. Nobody told them to do it. It was just a move of the Holy Spirit. They were convicted by the Holy Spirit. And so God is, is helping to consecrate the Jacob generation and the Isaac generation and the Abraham generation. Okay, because so, it takes three generations to establish a nation. And we're seeing not only repentance, we saw spontaneous baptisms. I think we had 10 on Sunday, another five last night. But I'm hearing about this from other churches too. This is happening as well. People just feeling the, the huge unction of the Holy Spirit to be baptized. Now, we don't want to throw in any kind of uh, qualifications of man in the New Testament. An Ethiopian eunuch is with Philip and they go get baptized because he feels the unction of Holy Spirit. So that's, that's how we approach these things. We saw deliverance last night. A, a, a young lady gave her testimony of God delivering, delivering her out of sexual abuse, out of pornography, and how he just transformed her life, healed her, healed her too in a way where she was delivered of lust and then permanently walked in that manner. And as soon as she gave her testimony, right after that, people flooded the altar wanting freedom as well. Absolutely amazing. These are moves of God. And again, I'm hearing about this, not just here. I'm hearing about it all over the place that this is happening. And it's challenging those people who believe that Holy Spirit stopped moving back in the apostles' time. Now, the Pharisees believed the same thing, that, that, the, that the Holy Spirit stopped moving, but back in the time of Ezra. And so, now, these are being challenged, and we're seeing the prophecy in Joel, which is mentioned in Acts 2, now being fulfilled before our very eyes. And we're, this is an awakening. And I would say these are the first fruits of the awakening. Uh, extra, extra virgin olive oil out of the press, the first part, the best, the sweetest, the, the highest quality part, right? And so everybody listening to Patriot Radio today, I just, I just encourage you, position your heart in a way to receive this tremendous move of God that is happening right now across America. It's actually happening across the world. And we saw the fire of God fall down in Kenya. It was, it was amazing. So position your heart to receive what the Lord is doing in this time. And again, there is going to be great darkness. At the same time, there's going to be great Light. This is the whole point behind parable of the ten virgins. We need to be shining our lamp. Where we are, it's bright. Other places, it's dark. And, and people are going to begin to flee out of those regions and places of darkness to the places of light. And so to every pastor that listens and every ministry leader that listens, there is going to be more than enough people 
that we're going to have to minister to. Nobody's going to have to worry about full things. All right? We need to get that out of our mind. Make this about him and be ready to receive this dramatic inflow that is happening. People, when World War III starts, okay, and this happens here in the next little bit, People are going to be flooding churches and they're going to be wondering what happened. When the economy continues to head downward, they're going to be, we need, we need a solution. And they're going to be coming, seeking the answer. Are we ready to receive them? We prayed for 25 years that the government schools would be emptied and COVID did that. And a lot of churches were like, well, okay. Instead of saying, no, there needs to be a school, a homeschool co-op in every church or private school in every church to receive this. God answered our prayer. He's going to provide. Just receive them. So this is, this is where this is at in this time. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Tonight at On Fire Ministries in the Healing Rooms, we're going to have, we're, we're going to keep going. We had this move of the Lord last night. We're just going to keep going. And tonight at 7 p.m., we're just going to continue with the healing awakening. Look forward to seeing you all. If you missed last night, she can come tonight. And tomorrow night, we have Bethel Worship, along with Bear Paw School of Ministry, as well, that's going to be at 6 o'clock, and then they're also going to be here on Saturday night at 6 o'clock. And again, we're just going to go where the Holy Spirit leads. It's, it's incredible. Uh, we had a couple little kids last night come up and gave words that just transformed the atmosphere. It was amazing. And, and God is moving through the youth to lead this. Are we ready to let them? Are we ready to let them? And that brings me now to your daily intelligence briefing on the international front. All right, so I'm going to try to make this as simple as possible. For a very long time, Israel was kind of split between do we support Russia? Do we kind of stand on the side of the West? It looks like now um, after some Israeli Knesset members and leaders uh, went to Ukraine, met with some Ukrainian leadership, but they are, they are now coming into the camp of the West, which is why the left in Israel is going absolutely nuts right now over this judicial reform package that Netanyahu brought forward. I mean, this is something that people here in America have talked about, judicial reform and taking out of the hands of the judiciary all this supposed power they have, which was really usurped. The judiciary originally was supposed to be the weakest of all branches, and their decisions were only supposed to apply to the parties of the case. It wasn't supposed to apply to everybody as precedent. That changed when a dean of Harvard decided that the theory of evolution could apply to the law and introduced the idea of case law and, and kind of building based on the generation you can change stuff and all this squishy nonsense where truth doesn't have a place. And so the law in America changed. And as a result of that, people think that the, the United States Supreme Court is the final arbiter 
of what is or what is not constitutional. That's just not the case. It's just not. Um, that was the whole point behind separation of powers and the checks and balances. So this judicial reform happening in Israel has really lit the left up, but don't be too distracted by that. Look at what they're really doing. They're aligning with the West and they're really going against Russia. And I think the Russians already know that. So this is going to be interesting how this plays out. And part of what has catalyzed Israel to do that is that Iran continues to threaten them. And Israel is a sovereign nation, has the right of self-defense. And very clearly, as we've been talking about on this show, objectively speaking, it looks like there is a war in the offing in the Middle East. All right. I also want to go to the Center for Security Policy, China's military aid to Russia, finally breaking decades of America's engagement policy. All right, look, the title's a little confusing, but I want, I want to just press into the subject, the central subject of the article, and that is it's finally out in the open that China is providing intelligence and arms to Russia. And now they're just openly doing it. Now, this is on the heels of Ukraine and NATO and the United States coming to an agreement to supply arms, ammunition to Ukraine on a continual basis and to ramp up production in the West to do that. So, of course, the Chinese and the Russians are going to come together. Now, I I have heard there was a couple people that sent comments in. To the show. And I just, I got, I've got to break through this. This idea that like we could have played Russia off of China, that is just so bogus. Anatoly Galitsyn, probably one of the greatest defectors as far as our understanding of Russian strategy and generational thinking that ever came to the United States in his book, New Lies for Old, lays this out that there is no such thing, that it was a strategy of the KGB to make it look like China and Russia were at odds when they have always been heading in the same direction and helping each other. In addition to that, some folks think that there really was a fall of the Soviet Union. Answer me this then. Why did the KGB never lose power? Why was it the same people in the KGB before the fall, as after the fall. And one of those guys then becomes the leader of Russia today, Vladimir Putin. Tell me how that's possible. Well, I could tell you how it's possible. Anatoly Galitsyn predicted it 20 years ahead of time. So you have somebody deep inside the KGB as one of their premier strategic thinkers say, this is where they're going, and they go there, and people are trying to, like, argue it. The fact of the matter is KGB has always been in control. It continues to be in control. Now, it doesn't mean somebody's like pro-Ukraine or, or pro-U.S. intervention to call this out for the objective thing it is. And the objective thing that it is, Russia is still controlled by KGB nationalists, Period. They, they, they may take a different form, call themselves something different. Communists always do that. They always change their name so they can kind of try to hide. But right now, 
China and Russia have always been helping each other. Now it's just out in the open. So check out that Center for Security Policy article as soon as you get an opportunity. Also, want to bring up kind of the bigger geostrategic picture. We're going to go to Twitter for this. Um, first, coming to us from Fitux News, Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu has held a series of secret high-level meetings with top military officials aimed at upping preparations for a possible confrontation with Iran. So they are preparing. This looks again like it's in the offing. Um, the other part of it is that it's now essentially out in the open that Russian Special Services is preparing to attack infrastructure targets, including gas oil pop- pipelines and submarine cables and wind farms in the North Sea. Now, again, these are objective facts. They're planning on it. They, they discovered it. This is not excusing anybody and any prior actions or anything like that. The fact is these are indicators of continued escalation to war. And this, they're signaling what they're going to do. Pay attention to what your enemies say. The Chinese foreign minister announced after this diplomatic visit to Moscow, what I just talked about, the close relations and the supplying of arms and ammunition to Russia. But, but, I find it fascinating now that Japan and China coming to us, I think, from open source intelligence and several others. Japan and China are, are now opening up a hotline to de-escalate tensions in the South China Sea. Philippines is now joining Australia, talking about patrolling jointly the South China Sea. And Philippines has also been in talks with Japan. So again, everything in the Pacific ramping up to what looks like War. Want to mention one other thing real quick. This is an interesting development in the Middle East. Coming to us again from Open Source Intelligence, Swedish Foreign Minister Tobias Bilstrom said yesterday that Turkey is ready to restart NATO negotiations with this country. Well, the reason is because Sweden passed an anti-Quran burning bill. Now, no... It's okay to burn the Bible in Sweden, but not the Quran. <clears throat> so anyway, we're going to see something happen between Israel and Iran in the very near future, in addition to something happening regarding Russia and Ukraine. And we have, I mean, this could be in a matter of days. Now, the offensive has already begun. What does it mean to us? Increased cyber attacks, as we reported on this show, um, various intelligence sources corroborating that cyber attacks almost took the American power grid down and our energy infrastructure down right before the invasion of Ukraine. Now, so, again, okay, you could talk the whole political sides and are you saying, all I'm telling you right now, be prepared because... A cyber attack that could take down the power grid. They finally admitted it was possible. We've been talking about this for at least three years. And they have not hardened the grid against it. So you got to harden yourself. One example of how to do that is EMP Shield. Fantastic technology. 
fairly cheap whole home. In other words, it cuts the power surge right at the at the source of it coming into your house. So check out options like that. Now we don't we're not sponsoring them or anything. It's just a great option and a practical way to prepare for what's coming in the next little while. Also, if you don't have food stored up and you've been listening to Patriot Radio for 10 years, that's on you, okay? That's on you. But remember, other people have to help you in that situation, and you should not want to be a burden. You should want to be a blessing. All right. I want to go to Gateway Pundit. Eight pro-life activists, this is on the national front, indicted by Biden's DOJ for allegedly blocking access to a Michigan abortion clinic. So this is where they're going with blocking access, right? Blocking access could be sound. It's offensive. That would be blocking access, even though the law clearly doesn't mean that. That's the direction they're trying to go with this. Blocking access could be standing on a public sidewalk, not in the way of anything, singing or praying. That's the direction they're going with this. So we're going to watch this case uh, very carefully. Travis, we can put that link up there because there's going to be a lot of people asking about it. And then I also want to talk about from the Epoch Times, uh, the National Transportation Safety Board released its first report on train derailment. Um, it was an overheat failure. And I want to talk to you about something. There's actually a, a site that tracks, it's called the defect, defect uh, detector. Defect detector. It tracks... Various things with trains all over the country. So when a ball bearing goes out and the wheels begin to heat up and then the train car catches fire, it should be caught. So that's my question. What happened that the defect detector didn't work there? And they're all over the place. You actually drive by them all the time. You just don't recognize them. What happened there? That's the great question. And was there something that caused the overheat, caused the ball bearing jam up? Was that something that was intentional sabotage? And this is an interesting question because explosives were found near a train track here recently. All right, I want to talk about another thing from the Western Journal. A rancher charged with killing illegal immigrant re- uh, released on bond after Christian website steps up. So this is very, very interesting. Um, I want to I want to just talk about just the headline here and the idea when Christians step up justice real justice not social justice or fake justice where racism can be excused by some alleged past wrongs we're not talking about social justice okay What we're talking about is real justice when Christians step up. Good men, good women can be defended and helped. So, I I don't use PayPal anymore um, or GoFundMe. Give, send, go is one option. I know there's, there's a whole bunch of others. I don't want to start a big debate about it. But just think about who you're using to help and are you stepping up in your local community to help those people that are being targets of a weaponized 
government. Lastly, uh, on the national front, I uh, just want to mention uh, prominent Christian leader Michael Heiser, author of The Unseen Realm, passed away at the age of 60. I uh, just want to you know, pray our condolences and comfort over his family. And uh, we just thank you, Lord, for knowing him and just a wonderful way you used him to allow us to go deeper and know you more. In Jesus' name, amen. If you don't know Michael Heiser's works, The Unseen Realm uh, is a great place to start. Absolutely fascinating work. And he truly revolutionized biblical study by taking, taking it into a totally different level of methodical, contextual research and compilation. Amazing man. Amazing man of God. All right. Last, just a reminder, tonight on Fire Ministries, 7 o'clock, we're continuing with the Healing Awakening. So look forward to seeing you all then. Also, tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, Bethel Worship and Bear Paw School of Ministry are going to be here at On Fire. We're just going to keep going. We're just going to keep pressing into the Lord. This isn't about a ministry or a person. This is about Jesus. And uh, Bear Paw and Bethel are also going to be here on Saturday night. This is open to everybody, so Show up, bring your friends, your family, share it far and wide. Now, a whole bunch of ministries and churches are coming together for this. So again, this is not about on fire. This is about the move of God and glorifying Him and Him alone. All right, that is the briefing. Remember, the antidote to dependency and socialism is to be a God-fearing, self-reliant, freedom-loving American. Thank you to everybody that's been praying for us. And if you get the chance, we are on virtually every social media site, Just take a moment and click like, share. It's so important. People presume people are getting this information and they're not. And then they're like, hey, I wish I would have had this a long time ago. So don't presume. Just click like, click share, subscribe. And if you miss an episode, you can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and Amazon. And where we get news from really matters. You can go to iReadEpoch.com. Promo code Patriot Radio. Get a support to great causes. All right. It's my honest and really distinct pleasure because we're going to talk about a subject I've been wanting to talk about here for a little while. Janice Daniels, she's a realtor with a passion for the intersection between morality and the law. Uh, she was the ninth mayor of Troy, Michigan, elected in November 2011 when she experienced firsthand Saul Alinsky's tactics of the new generation of Marxists here in America. Janice, it is great to have you on Patriot Radio today. How are you doing? Thank you so much, Matt. I'm very, very well, thank you. Yeah, it is an interesting concept how the uh, left takes people and truly isolates them, freezes them, attacks them. And then everybody was like, everybody was like, they wanted to stay away from me because they didn't want to be attacked as well. Now, what I did in 2011 is I made a Facebook post that I was, it was like, I was snarky. I was, I had a Howard Stern moment. You know, they've, the left has turned Howard Stern into a $650 million icon of their movement. But I said one word they didn't like. 
and they destroyed my political career. It was on national television. Keith Oberman said that I was the second worst person, second only to Adolf Hitler. That's how badly they wanted me out of this role as the mayor. Wow. But I was, I am, and I will always be the ninth mayor of Troy, Michigan. Amen. And I, you know, I, I experienced it firsthand as well, where they attempted to do that. And, and here, uh, people began to rally. And that was the great encouragement, at least for me, people began to rally and just say enough is enough. I mean, because eventually they know that those Marxists are going to come for them too, come for their jobs. And uh, it, that's really, I think, part of the great awakening that we're seeing right now, that people are, are just, they're fed up. Enough is enough. And we have to stand with our friends and our neighbors when they get attacked because it's coming toward us eventually. That's true. I wish uh, Donald Trump had been president prior to my being elected as the mayor because in 2011, that was the cusp. That was actually a couple years after Hillary Clinton, the great American communist, was the secretary of state, uh, and she installed a worldwide program based upon social media interacting in a communicative way so that they could mobilize people around the world to have violent overthrows of governments that they wanted to replace uh, 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 regimes that were favorable to the one world government ideology that they espouse. And they did that throughout the Middle East in 2009, I think it was, was Tunisia was yep. the first, or 2010, uh, 2011, Egypt, Bahrain, you know, all kinds of places toppled because of Hillary Clinton and her genius uh, IT guy named Alex Ross. And yeah, that's let, where I was, right on the cusp of that change to where people didn't have the ability to react from the conservative or the Christian side of things, because we don't think like that. We just don't think like that. You know, we're good people. We want to raise our kids. We want to keep our, our houses clean and our jobs well done. And, and, and what, meanwhile, these people like Hillary Clinton or Klaus Schwab are... Uh, hell-bent on, on, on ruling the world. It's not going to happen because we know that God rules. Yeah, God rules, and, we, and it's not going to happen. I 100% agree with you. I, I want to share a quote from somebody, and, and then I, we're going to have a video cue here in just a second. I want to get your reaction to it. We, When I was in the military, I had somebody say to me one time, it changed, changed my perspective. He said, there are people with beady little eyes in dark corners of the world and places you can't pronounce plotting your destruction. And when, when he said that, I went, then I should probably act like that, shouldn't I? You know, and, and I think that that's what's dawning on so many today, that, that the Klaus Schwab's of the world are literally sitting in little dark corners trying to plot the destruction of humanity, at least as we know it, yeah. and of course to protect their people. Right. They're, they're basically, it's the same problem that we've had since the beginning of human history. It's people who love God and people who believe that man is the ruler of the state. The state is their God. And it's a faulty logic. It's a crappy logic, but they're like puffer fish. They, 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 they appear to be bigger <laughs> than what they really are, I believe. Um, so we just have to awaken to the technology that we have at our fingertips as well. That's what the uh, globalists don't seem to understand. We have that same access to technology and we are advancing 
exponentially to be able to use that technology. The truth is getting out there, no matter what kind of money they spend on the lies that they are generating throughout the world. Man yearns to be free. Man yearns to be free. And, you know, it's been interesting to me, and and I want to go into this subject now. Wanted to talk about it for a while. So I've been tracking the one world government, you know, as a legislator, I saw some of the stuff they were trying to implement uh, at the state and local level. I was tracking the one world economy and kind of how they were doing some machinations there and leveraging things. But what I was really focused on was when, was when they were going to try one world religion. And so Travis, if you can roll this video, want to get your reaction, Janice. It's finally official. United Arab Emirates Abrahamic Family House is officially open to worshipers. Here's an article about it on the Khalish Times saying the Abrahamic Family House has welcomed its first worshipers to the mosque, the church, and the synagogue over the weekend. Located on Sadiat Island, Abu Dhabi, the Abrahamic Family House is now open to worshipers with access to the forum and guided tours available to visitors from March 1st, 2023. It goes on later in the article article to say that you can practice your faith in any of the three houses there, the synagogue, the church, or the mosque, and you can also attend the other faith houses as a guest if you please. This of course looks to pave the way for the eventual one world religion that the end times last days prophecies tell us will come. And that one... I didn't even know they had a house. What do you think? (laughs) Well, I think the way you think it is part of the end times and we are to uh, be aware of the fact that this is what they are perpetrating on the world, but God wins in the end. And quite frankly, we have to educate our people better uh, towards the Bible, understanding the Bible and understanding Christianity uh, that is so powerful and we will win in the end. So they can Again, they, they're puffer fish. They're international busybodies. They want to just get into every aspect of our lives, and we're not going to let them. Simple as that. We're just not going to let them. This is an information war right now, and I pray, I pray that for as long as we live, it stays an information war, and we win because we reestablish the foundation of the republic for which we stand, because that's, to me, the key of keeping America free is honoring and respecting our oaths of office that we took. You took one. I took one. When I left office, I didn't say, oh, well, I don't have to honor my oath of office anymore. No. When you take an oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America, it's a lifelong commitment. And it's a beautiful thing that our republic and the Constitution that 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 delineates the limited role of government needs to be elevated in the minds and hearts of men, as well as the God that ordained this country to be free. Amen. And I, the the oath never expires. And I I see some of these folks out there, they act like they're in charge, you know, the World Economic Forum, they're not elected by anybody here in the United States, and they act like they're in charge of the, just the, the COP 27 you have all of these things that are happening, but now we have this world government summit and even Elon Musk says, you know, there might be something a little bit off here. What's your take on this? And can you educate the listeners a little bit about what some of these things are? 
Well, first of all, I was surprised by Elon Musk. I'm a little weary of him. I don't know Me what too. I think about him, but I was pleased to see that he came up on the video and said, well, I'm not so sure a one world government is the right way. But you know what, Matt? He used a very faulty example he said, remember, when the fall of Rome took place, the rise of Islam and the caliphate took place, and they brought uh, focus on science and, and knowledge. And I said, holy moly, apparently he doesn't know much yeah. about the caliphate. Because Clearly. he would have never <laughs> used that. So, so Elon, you know, keep making money, keep making Twitter free for us to be able to use as a free speech platform. But please, don't talk about history unless you're a little bit better educated on it. So I don't know. I still don't know what to think about Elon Musk, to be quite honest with you. Well, let's talk but about this were, World um, Government Summit. Yeah. What did you think about that? I mean, what were they yeah. talking about there? Again, uh, they were talking about, obviously, these word salad concepts that Klaus Schwab and his people design, like private partner private uh, public-private partnerships and stakeholder capitalism. And they're all just, as I say, word salads to confuse people as to what, for example, uh, a, a corporation is supposed to represent, a corporation represents the hard work of the men and women who give uh, intellectual capital and monetary capital to the development of the company. But they're not the only ones that benefit. The people that work there benefit. The consumers benefit because they get to buy and sell product freely. But Klaus Schwab's idea and the World Economic Forum's idea is that there are stakeholders, not shareholders. So the stakeholders are the employees, the society, and the planet. So now a corporation is supposed to be beholden to the planet. And there's a lot of people, a lot of companies that are partnering, partnering with the World Economic Forum that you might be surprised to hear about, such as Zoom, uh, PayPal. You mentioned PayPal earlier. Uh, they are not uh, to be trusted as far as I'm concerned. But Zoom is one that I was surprised to see is on the list of uh, partners with the World Economic Forum. Um, Mary Kay, say it isn't so. I love Mary Kay makeup, oh. but they're partnering with the World Economic Forum. But you know what? I will tell you, when I was working at a mortgage company, I'm a real estate agent and I was a mortgage broker, basically, both uh, concurrently. And it was a very nice um, fit with the industry because being a mortgage a broker, I understood real estate better. Being a real estate agent, I understood brokerage better. But what I found is when the... Um, Housing crash caused the, uh, what was that, um, Dodd-Frank bill to take place, the, the financial overhaul where the government um, nationalized our mortgage industry completely. They would send us rules and regulations and you've got to have this little uh, platform, you've got to have this little rule. And so you would just say, you know what, I'm just going to write it out. I'm going to send it in, get them off my back. And so there may be something to that effect where these companies are saying, I don't need these people knocking on my door. Okay, list me as one of your partners, but they don't have any intention of doing any of the nefarious things that communists have in mind for us, because that's the basis of this entire World Economic Forum, World Government Summit. It's all bringing communism to the world. 
That's exactly right. It all It's all centralization of control, which is always under the wisdom of men instead of the wisdom of God. And we, you know, as yep. we see this unfold, what do you think people can be doing about this? How, how should people be engaging? What What would you, if you, if you went back to 2011, what would you have told me? We just wanted to tell folks in that moment about don't sit on the sidelines right now, but get engaged. How should they be engaged? Well, personally, I think that shows like yours are one of the major platforms that will educate people. Uh, Back in 2011, we weren't all quite as uh, technologically savvy as we are today. Um, We also, I really believe that Donald Trump, if he did one thing only, he showed us how to have a backbone. I don't know what happened to the American culture as we went on. We got fat and happy and lazy, but we have reached a point where we had better pick up and get healthy and get strong and get bold in our Christianity. That's what's missing is the boldness of the Christians in this world. And I I am so happy to see that, that Asbury revival. Oh my. And what have you got going on there in Washington, a revival? Yeah. Spokane right now is on fire. We are, we're seeing a move of God and it's not just in one, one church. It's in, it's in a whole bunch of different places all at one time. And when the pastors kind of realized it was happening at the same time in all these different places um, and came together in unity, it just been, it's been amazing the last two weeks. Been incredible. That's incredible. Well, I would hope that you will all say a prayer for uh, Michigan because our communist governor uh, invited the World Economic Forum to Detroit. They're going to open up an urban transformation center in Detroit because of the extraordinary growth in Detroit. Excuse me, I'm not sure what they're talking about, but again, word salad. They just create these um, these visions, and they and they think it's going to be accepted by the people who live in this state. I can't imagine. In actuality, Michigan has been obviously stolen by election. Theft. I truly believe that the 2018, the 2020, and the 2022 election, those all those elections were stolen. Because if you look at a map of Michigan, especially in 2018, there was a red wave. We didn't have the greatest uh, gubernatorial candidate at the time, but he won. I think there were there were like 72 maybe out of 83 counties that went for the Republican governor choice. But the Democrat won because of the stronghold of these four or five counties where they have been able to uh, institute fraud at a amazing level. They perfected it in 2020 and they continued it and made it even worse in 2022. We have some data experts that have developed uh, queries, uh, which are like report uh, interaction, like relational data interaction, where they can tell that people have been added and removed, added and removed over time to uh, from our qualified voter file. And that's what sets the stage for them to be able to stuff the ballots. And that's exactly what they've done. And hopefully we are going to get 
wise to this and get rid of ERIC, that electronic registration information center a system that has been Amen. distorting our qualified voter files. So we're we're in trouble. So I hope you guys will say a prayer for us here in Michigan. I absolutely we will say a prayer. In fact, we'll we'll end with a prayer here in a second. And I, I just I, I do wanna bring up again something that you said I want to key on this. That these people are puffer fish. They look bigger than they actually are. Puffer fish. And it's it's perfect because pufferfish really aren't that strong and they aren't that dangerous i mean i i I see this where people kind of shrink back when these people only probably represent less than one percent but they make them their influence so outsized that people like oh okay and that's a that's a long time communist tactic to do that how do we stand up what's some practical things people can do to stand up against that that fear and that unknown of they look so big and i don't know i what have you told people? What would be a recommendation in how to stand against well, that I like stuff? People, I like people to turn off their television sets. I turned off my cable. I discontinued my cable subscription years ago. I can focus on what I need to know by going to the John Birch Society website and looking at their uh uh, videos. I come to radio programs like yours that tell the truth. We are growing in influence. The the New American Magazine now has a television show. Those are great platforms for people to be able to learn. So what do we do to tell our neighbors what's going on? Well, you know, I live in a typical American neighborhood. We really don't know each other. I know my neighbors on both sides. We say hi when we see each other. But what I'm going to try to do this summer is I'm going to walk around and put a note in everybody's door and ask them if they want to have a block party. Can you imagine if we could if we could uh, get block parties around this nation to be able to talk to our neighbors? Why not? That's what we need to do because we need to be mobilized at the neighborhood level. That's the key key to all of this. Another program that I'm working on is I'm trying to get people to organize to go to see their city clerks because we need that communication at the local level. The local government is the most powerful government if we can get control of them. And then I'm not talking control as in Claus Schwab wanting to control the world. I'm talking about making sure that they understand the nature of the election fraud that's been going on, that they understand that we are their neighbors, we are their friends, we go to the grocery stores that they go to, our kids go to the same schools, and we're in this together, and we need to keep our republic. We need to define the republic that we live in. And that's important because, you know, the the puffer fish all want to say we live in a democracy, and we do not. We know we that. do not. <laughs> Amen. We got about three minutes left. If people want to try to connect with you or get a hold of you, where can they go? Well, another important thing that we're doing these days is we are organizing our 2023 annual conference. And you can get information at the michiganconservativeunion.org website, michiganconservativeunion.org website. Um, there's a lot of posted articles that uh, explain that election problem that we have. There's also information about our our conference that we're having on April 14th and 15th, and John Birch Society and the New American Magazine are going to be integral players in that conference. So we're looking for a real big turnout. And if by any way you can get to Michigan, Matt, on April 15th, 
come on in. We'll put you on the stage as well. I look forward to it. In fact, we're going to connect with you after the show. Love to be a part of that. That sounds fantastic. So thank you for, for bringing that up. And just in the last two minutes that we have, a message to the next generation. We're seeing what's happening in Asbury. They're, they're waking up and it's the next generation. I'm just so excited about that. What's your message to the next generation? Stay strong. And I'm sorry that my generation set you up in such a, such a, a difficult way of the world having been taken over by these communists. We need to get our children out of public schools. We need to get them engaged in uh, commerce, the American dream, get a, you know, start a farm, get close to God, get close to God. That's the message I would like to tell the next generation. Amen. Janice, thank you so much for being on Patriot Radio today. Love to have you on again, and we'll be in touch here shortly. And, uh, about April 15th, okay? Thank you so much, Matt. Nice to talk to you. Bye, everybody. All right, God bless you. Keep up the fight. Janice Daniels, realtor with a passion for the intersection of morality and the law, the ninth mayor of Troy, Michigan, and who stood up. Just, I mean, I love people that stand against the tactics of the left. And this was back when there wasn't a lot of infrastructure to help people that are conservative, Christian, to stand up against this onslaught of the, the legacy media and the, the George Soroses and the One Worlders. So just a great testimony of perseverance. And you heard some practical things. Start a farm. Start a family. I mean, it's one of the greatest things you could do. It's so simple. Start a family. Start being involved in your local community, and, of course, go to michiganconservativeunion.org. And, Travis, if we make sure that that's up as well, michiganconservativeunion.org. I want to end the show just with a reminder, tonight, 7 o'clock, here at On Fire Ministries and Healing Rooms, uh, a whole bunch of churches and ministries coming together. Uh, we're going to continue with the Healing Awakening, and it was amazing last night with repentance and prayer and worship. And uh, we saw people being set free, saw people being healed, being baptized. So tonight's your night. But if you miss tonight, tomorrow night at 6 o'clock here, Bear Paw School of Ministry and Bethel Worship going to be here on the ground. And they are also going to be here on Saturday as well. Just share the stuff with your friends and family so they're not like, yeah, I wish I would have known about that. Don't presume. Share it via text. Hit like. Hit share on your social media platform, your favorite one. I mean, we're on all of them. I mean, I don't care if you're on Gab or Parler or Getter, we're on all of them. So please make sure you hit like and share and just be a part of the solution in that way. The last thing I want to mention today, revival, awakening, it has to be to something. And awakening needs to lead into reformation. During COVID, a lot of churches shut down, some never reopened. And today, we're seeing a revival, a resurrection of the church. And as things continue to devolve in the Middle East, uh, with China, with Russia and Ukraine, 
more people are going to be coming into church and are we ready to receive them? Are we, are we ready for that huge influx? Are we ready to be the salt and light that God has called us to be? Because this is the time. This is the time that many people have been waiting for. This is the time of the great harvest. This is the time of the fire of the Lord coming down. This is the time that people are going to be saved in, in numbers we can't even fathom. Baptized in numbers we can't even fathom. This is the time. Are you going to be sitting on the sideline or are you going to be fulfilling the Great Commission in your church, in your family? This is such an honor to be alive here. This is an opportunity that it doesn't come but once in a lifetime. We need to embrace it now. We need to step out of our comfort zone. And as we do, and this awakening spreads, transformation spreads, and reformation becomes reality. This is Matt Shea. Thank you so much for joining me on Patriot Radio today. May God bless all of you. And he is making this generation the greatest one. The awakening is here.